Welcome, everybody, to a Monday edition of Texans All Access from the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio. It's John Harris alongside Mark Vandermeer. Mark, how was your game this weekend, by the way? Oh, it was good. I did a game for Westwood One. It was the Ohio Valley Conference Final. Southeast Missouri defeating Tennessee State. No, it's actually Tennessee Tech. Yeah. Believe me, I got it right during the broadcast. Yeah, that's good. Buzzer beater to send it into overtime. Oh, you got for a buzzer Tennessee beater. Tennessee Tech. Yeah, nice. and it was Deontay Wood, who's the brother of Christian Wood. We had some oh, good uh, family... Nice. Re- family relations, family relationships to highlight in this game. And actually, uh, one of the guys on Tennessee Tech is Nolan Coswell, who's Dwayne Coswell's son, Dwayne, who played yeah, in the yeah. NBA. So mm-hmm. there's some stuff like that. It was fun. It's always fun to do basketball. Thank like you, basketball chops. Got you yeah. took, How oh, long you, did it take you to get kind of back into it? Like by the time the game was over, I was <laughs> ready for another one. Uh, Robert Ford, the Astros this play-by-play cool. guy. This is I saw this. He was there doing ESPN2 or whatever it was yeah. on. And I never met him before because I've always wanted to go into that Astros booth. But yeah. every time I'm at an Astros game, I'm in the stands and I'm right, like, I'm right. not going in there. I got my kids or whatever. And we've never actually met until we were in Evansville, Indiana together oh, cool. at this tournament. So that was fun to bump into him. Oh, that's very cool. All right. We're going to play. Let's make a deal. Okay. In just a second. But we got Dave McInnes, who is the Tennessee Titans color analyst, longtime NFL coach, NFL head coach. We joined Dave. We talked a lot about Tennessee, what was going on throughout the league. He was fantastic. And Aditi Kinkawala joined DP Sidhu, easy for me to say. And it's a really fun interview. In fact, they were rolling on audio before the interview started. And I am going to play that because it is fantastic. All right. So the DP interviews, I've been doing that. Mm Mm-hmm. Rich Eisen, mm-hmm. that was good because yep. I rolled on it. They rolled on it before, and yeah. I played it on the air. I'm starting from the beginning. Our it's stuff with Rhett Lewis on yeah. Friday, these shows are all up on the app and uh-huh. wherever you get podcasts. Rhett Lewis, and we were giving him, not grief, but telling him to get his water bottle right. off the desk because it was the wrong <laughs> yeah. sponsor. We were shooting that for yeah, Texas 360. Know. you got to know yeah. that, bro. That okay. Fun. So let's make a deal. I got behind door number one, mm-hmm. door number two, or door number three. Okay. Now, my hope is that we'll eventually get to all of them in some sense. But you have to pick door number one, door number two, or door number three. Ready? Pick. Oh, I don't even know what's... I don't I'm not have, telling you what's behind it. You got to pick. Go, I'll go door number two. Okay, door number two. News out of New Orleans. Mm. That Derek Carr signed a four-year, $150 million contract, $100 million guaranteed. Apparently, Carr was amenable to helping the Saints out with their salary cap situation with his contract. That was something that I thought when he went to the Saints and took that visit and came back and said, I don't want to trade. I knew exactly what was going on. Yeah. I knew exactly. The Saints made all the sense in the world. That, I doubted myself thinking, that's ah, the Jets. Gut reaction and let's spin the quarterback carousel quickly if we can. Derek Carr goes to the Saints. Now what? Yeah, now what is a good uh, question because where's Rodgers going? Is he staying? Is he going to the Raiders or going to the Jets? Those right. are the popular destinations. Car going to New Orleans. Look, New Orleans played some sneaky hot good games down the stretch, yeah, they right? Did. They, they did. did. And with that Andy was, Dalton at quarterback. That was with Dalton, and Carr is a step up from Andy Dalton at this point. How big a step up, Johnny? That's what you have to ask yourself. And where are they really going from here? I think in that division, though, they can certainly be competitive and possibly win it mm-hmm. with Derek Carr. But I'm not going to bet on that. I would not place money on that. Uh, and we'll wait and see after the draft and the rest of free agency because we don't know what Carolina's going to do. Mm-hmm. We think we know what Tampa Bay is going to do. Uh, Atlanta, we kind of know what they're going to do. We just bumped into TJ Yates and our friends. Well, you and I met Arthur Smith. We did. 
at lunch. We did. That at was kind of yeah. cool. And Dave Ragone, former, former Texans quarterback, who's the uh, yeah. OC there. So that yeah. was fun. Uh, I like it. Derek Carr will be at NRG Stadium this year because the Saints visit here. And Carr, you pointed this out to me. He's never won here. Yeah, but he's 0-1. And yeah. I don't know if he won that mascot game when he was a little oh. kid and, and yeah, David's little brother got to play in the mascot game at As halftime. an adult, he's 0-1 at NRG Stadium. Okay. And the Saints have never won here because, let's Ooh. see. Yeah, 07, 14, and uh, here 15. we yeah, uh, 15, rather. It was, fi- yeah, so eight years, yeah. 7, 15, mm-hmm. and here we go again. This is their yeah. third visit. They're 0-2 here all time. That's a talented squad now. What happens with Alvin Kamara? There's some news about him over the weekend yeah. and yeah, what right. the charges could be brought. You know, you never know what's going to happen there. And is he going to have to serve a suspension now at the league? But that's still a talented offense. Chris Olave, Rashid Shahid they have. They have Marquez Callaway. They've still got some talent on that squad, and I still think the defense is pretty good. Tyron will be back. Uh, Demario Davis is one of the more un- underrated linebackers. I think it's going to be a good squad. I think Carr takes them from, you know, if Andy Dahl made them a C plus, I think Carr can get them to a B, B minus, and that might B. be enough to win that division. Yeah, absolutely, because that division is a, is an absolute mess. Okay, let's spin the wheel now because right. we now know Carr fits into the Saints slot. Okay, so you mentioned Panthers, Colts. Uh, Jets, what happens with Aaron Rodgers? Raiders need a quarterback. Where do you – I think that's the next big domino. Aaron Rodgers. Let's say Aaron Rodgers is done in Green Bay but still wants to play. Where does he end up? Jets. I feel like that's a fait accompli at this point. But if I had to pick one, I bet he stays in Green Bay another year. So Jordan Love then gets traded. I would, I would think so. I would think Jordan Love gets traded. But if you're a team, you but have to ask yourself. he's back with Green Bay. It's $60 million they owe him. Right. But what are, what are they supposed to do? Oh. What are you supposed to do with that contract? they got to eat some of it to move him. Look, it's very complex. Yeah, here it is. Very with Aaron Rodgers moving him. Yeah. They do get stuff in return, though. So you're buying picks, getting rid of him. Not getting rid of him. I don't want to word it that way. But maybe I do. Maybe they do. Yeah. Maybe that's how they look at it right now. We want to move on with our lives. Because every after every season, he goes into this cocoon of meditation. This year, it was the darkness retreat. Oh, yeah. He emerged. The media made a bigger deal out of this than he did, right? He they took grabbed, a vacation in a dark room. But they grabbed onto that, wow. and of course they were going to. And I don't yeah. blame them because it's sensational stuff to talk about on the yeah. air. Uh, but I would say I would say he stays somehow, some yeah. way, one more year, then goodbye. What did the Jets do? Say so that happens. Mm-hmm. What do the Jets do? I don't know, but it's, that's a, it's a nightmare because this is a cautionary trail, tale yep. about drafting a quarterback high. Mm-hmm. You know, I know that the quarterback subject always comes up with the Texans, and right. we saw them work out this weekend. Zach Bryce, Wilson was picked number two, two, and yes. picked the and Texans. he was a super huh. sexy pick, yeah. Johnny. Yeah. He was no jokes, please. Absolutely, he was a super <laughs> sexy pick, and <laughs> look was. how it's working out for them so far. And look, he's got a career ahead of him, maybe if he can get it together. I don't know if he can. He's got the talent. That's yeah. not a question. But how many times have we seen that be the downfall of a guy? I mean, yeah, great. You have talent, which leads me to let's go back to the doors. We okay. have door number one and door number three because you picked two. Let's I'll go to one three. Or three. 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 It opens up, and it is the combine this weekend. Quarterback performances in particular. What? Anthony Richardson completely just showed off. I mean, 4-4 four, four and a 40, 40-inch 40 vert, 40 Point five inch vertical. He threw a ball like 65 yards in the air, and then he 
punctuated it all with a backflip, which, of course, Anthony Richardson was also the guy that got hurt doing a dance before the South Carolina game. So mm. there's that. Then there's C.J. Stroud, who on air is going to look as good as anybody. And I don't want to take away from my – you know how I feel about C.J. Stroud. I think that guy is Joe Burrow reincarnate. I mean, I think he is – he's fantastic. So – Anything that you take out of the combine, and that was just the quarterbacks. Anything you took out of the combine this weekend? What did I tell you? If Richardson throws well, mm-hmm. he was going to be the darling of everybody and, and shoot up the draft boards, and he did. Not only did he throw and he's well. he's Kathy Ireland. I knew he's Kathy Ireland, but that's not bad, Johnny. Yeah. You know who's Kathy Ireland in the NFL? Give me a Kathy Ireland. Um, Somebody who's been around a long time. Aaron Rodgers. Always performed well. Ugh. But Kathy Ireland was never considered. Philip Rivers. Philip Rivers is a Phillip good Kathy Rivers Ireland. Is Kathy Ireland. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Never been considered the ultimate best, but always there, steady, yeah. Yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, Philip Rivers. <laughs> let's go 80s supermodels, <laughs> quarterback comparisons. Really popular stuff. For 100, stuff. Alex. Really popular stuff with the Gen Zers. Huh? Kathy Ireland still follows me on Twitter because she followed oh. Watt and everybody associated with Watt about 10 years ago. And oh. I was lucky enough to be followed by Kathy Ireland. And now you're checking to see if I'm you're checking followed. checking to see because I used to be followed by I her. Actually she does. Some, she follows me. I like some of her tweets because, uh, you know, I... I I want to show support well, yeah. for Kathy Ireland following Good me. For you. But uh, where were we with this? Oh, Richardson, I knew he'd be athletic mm-hmm. and, and test well in those areas. I didn't know he'd have the greatest workout of all time mm-hmm. for quarterbacks when you look at total athleticism, yeah. right? Off what the do charts. they call it? RAS? RAS, relative athletic score. Relative. So it's not like he had the best quarterback or best workout ever for a wide receiver. He had the best workout ever for a quarterback mm-hmm. on that metric. And good for him. He's going to get picked high, mm-hmm. but we all know that there are things that people have concerns about. Yep. I thought Bryce Young at the podium was just fine. Yep. Uh, you and I were standing in a good spot. Yep. One thing I noticed, and I'm about to get, hey, see, Charlie <laughs> Casley looked. I, I <laughs> like it. a guy who's got good loa, good loa, meaning loa, the butt and the legs got to be big. Uh, he's got good loa. Bryce Young relatively does, Johnny. Yeah. Like he's got. 204. <laughs> I mean, I'm talking in. about a guy's butt and legs, Okay. <laughs> This is what you the combine does to, to you. This, you usually leave that Darn to it. me. Yeah, Darn it came it. in a little, a shade over 5'10", uh, 204 pounds. But, but he wasn't twiggy thin, yeah. you know, and yeah. like the lower body looks strong. Yeah. And I think that's incredibly important when you talk about the ability to remain healthy. I feel like, look, is he going to get hurt? The funny thing is Josh Allen gets hurt. People are like, all right, uh, just happened. No. Whatever. Don't run so much. Everybody's going to get hurt at some point. Yep. You want to see how they deal with it. Mahomes played the entire playoffs on a bad wheel, but he played, right? He only left the game for a little while in the divisional round as Chad Henney came in. I like Bryce Young an awful lot. C.J. Stroud I thought was interesting, fine, great. Yep. Look, they all have their positives and their negatives, yep. if you will. Uh, Levis was really great at the podium, I thought. Um, obviously, the arm strength is amazing. Here's what I took out of the quarterback workouts in particular. Hmm. I mean – I say that my because nothing to change your mind is that yeah, it? Yeah, nothing to change my mind because I knew C.J. Stroud had that in him. I knew that Anthony Richardson. We knew he was that athletic. They just put they just quantified with yeah. the numbers. Um, so yeah, if you if you felt and I saw somebody say this, I think this is the perfect way. And I think I saw it on Twitter. If you liked Anthony Richardson going in, this was just confirmation. If you didn't care for him going in. Then you could fall back on, well, yeah, we knew he could do that, but let's watch him on th- on the tape. Let's watch the film. So, y- either way, and I, I, you know, I've, I've, it's funny because you get to analysis by paralysis. I don't know how many games I've seen Anthony Richardson. I feel like I've watched every single throw. 
and you ride the wave. You ride right. the wave, and I don't want to wa- ride the wave with my quarterback. I really don't. But man, it's a fun. Let me ask you this. I mean, it's all over the place. Has the consensus best quarterback in this draft opinion changed based on what happened over the Not last for week? Me. Not for me. I had I had Bryce, CJ, Richardson, Levis, Hennon Hooker. None of it changed. Think everybody else feels pretty much the same. Maybe Richardson jumps up a bit, but not Maybe to the for top. Some. Maybe for some. I had Richardson in front anyways. That was just kind of the way I felt about the whole thing. All right. Let's open door number one because this one. Big. Tennessee Titans are shopping Derrick Henry. Yeah. They have already released Taylor Luan, Zach Cunningham, Randy Bullock. And there's one other player off the top of my head I'm forgetting. But they had a massive cap casualty. Bud Dupree. Then today was Bud Dupree. Um, yikes. All right. This feels, and if Henry is shopped, I tweeted this earlier today. If Henry is shopped and dealt, to me, it's a full, complete reset. Tanking for Caleb. They want Caleb Williams. They'll settle, you know, for Drake May. But it's a full-on reset if they're getting rid of Henry and all these other guys. Jeffrey Simmons got rid of all mentions of Titans on his social media and Instagram, everything mentioning Titans he got rid of. So I guess we know how that's going. This feels like a complete and total reset for the Titans. Meanwhile, the Jaguars are watching this saying, oh my gosh, how things have changed. You know that Spider-Man meme? Yeah. (laughs) They got like Jacksonville 2020 going, you know, pointing back at Titans 2023. Look at it this way. It feels like what the Texans went through to a degree, right? I mean, there were the Titans, 19 you go to the AFC Championship game. We never did, but yeah. they, they win two playoff games on the road. Right. 2020, they lose in the playoffs, but they make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Uh, 2021, top seed in the AFC, lose, yep. don't advance. So they only advanced once. They advanced big, but only once, and that was in 2019. Mm-hmm. And I think they look at it like, all right, we're not getting any younger here. Uh, we're not going to be able to make it yeah. in this window. This window is over. We're going to close this window, right. move into the next window. And who usually keeps the window open? The GM. The quarterback. Oh, the quarterback keeps the window open. Yeah, well, they they don't feel like they have a quarterback to do that. I think they feel they like know. they still like Tannehill to a degree, mm-hmm. but it's the degree where you have everything else around him working really well, and they don't have that right, right. now. They had everybody hurt except Derrick Henry, and they saw where that got. Then right. they lost to the Texans, and they figured, mm-hmm. you know what? We're, we lost seven in a row on the way out. We got to redo this thing. I don't know about tanking for the top pick. and ta- I hate that word. I know. But- I Reset is fine. I think they'd reset. Yeah. I think they feel like in this division, anything's possible. Jags get a couple of injuries. Look at the other two teams. You know, who knows what the Colts and the Texans are going to do. Maybe they can compete. The Jags, look what they did last year. So you never know how it's all going to play out. We had a chance to catch up with Dave McGinnis, who is the Titans color analyst. He's been a longtime NFL coach, NFL head coach. We'll get his thoughts on a number of things, including this quarterback class, the Titans. What do the Titans need to do? to build this thing going forward. That's next right here in Texans All Access. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to this Monday edition of Texans All Access from the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio. I'm John Harris. And before we get into Dave McInnes with Mark and myself, a quick uh, news note about the Texans bringing back Taylor Stallworth. That was announced officially. I had seen that, I want to say Friday at the Combine, but I can't remember. All the days kind of ran together. So I can't remember where I saw that. But glad to see that happen. Taylor Stallworth, actually, in the game he played for the Texans against the Cowboys. He was fantastic. So uh, coming back to the Texans in 2023, that was good news. Taylor Stallworth back in the rotation with the defensive 
line. So good news there. Now, one of our favorite guests at the Combine, we've actually had a chance to catch up in the last couple of years, Dave McInnes. He was the head coach, I want to say, of the Cardinals. He's been in the NFL for like 37 years. The guy has seen it all, done it all. And he is the color analyst for Titans broadcast alongside play-by-play voice Mike Keith, who I believe will have Mike on. Uh, he was on with Mark uh, as I went and watched in the bowl what was going on. Mike jumped on with Mark, and they talked about things. But we had a chance to co- talk to Coach McGinnis. It was really, really fun. Check it out. Here we go. Joining us now at the Combine Radio Row, Coach Dave McGinnis, Tennessee Titans, color commentator. How's it going, Coach? It's going good. I mean, this is my 37th Combine. Ooh, so it feels, that's it. Yeah, just that's it. I mean, it just feels like uh, kind of like Groundhog Day. You know, you come in here, you get on the rails. I know they're thinking about moving this in a couple of years. Uh, I don't think I'd know what to do if they would move it. I mean, everybody's kind of hit a slot here. I've been yeah. through all the iterations of this combine, and it's uh, it really gets better and more organized every year. But uh, I think back to the beginning of it, it's kind of it's really kind of some comedic to think about how it was when we first started this. Coach, 37, have they all been in Indy? Every one of them. Everyone's when they first Indy. When it first started here, my first year in the league, they had a, they had a combine down in Phoenix, Arizona, right, and right. Arizona State. And then 87, it, it came here. And so I've been to every one, you know, since it's been here. Well, how, what's the biggest change that you've seen? Over 37 years, obviously, the, I mean, I remember the first one, was it 15 was the first one I came through with us? And we were on the West Club of Lucas Oil, there were maybe like 10 tables outside for the teams. Now it feels like every team's here. Is that the biggest change here, Coach, that you've seen? Well, I mean, that's one of the big changes. It's a, it's a big change. But uh, the biggest change is the way that, that the, the interviews are now conducted. Guys, when we first started this thing, there was no rhyme or reason to who you could get to interview and when you interviewed them. It was all over at the, train, you know, the Holiday Inn you mm-hmm. know, where the, everybody played. And and seriously, what you what you would do is you would go up to the room and just grab guys and bring them and bring them down, and and it, it ended up because of the way that's set up. Y'all y'all have been over there inside of there. How everybody's suite, you know, is is in a circular way. There's a swimming pool, uh, indoor pool there at the back, and so you would just go upstairs and get players and bring them down. And those suites have front and back doors to them. All right. So what you do is you'd, you'd bring guys in and you'd be holding guys, you know. Until you could talk to them and then release them out the back door. I mean, it was a free for all. I mean, it really was because now they've got lanyards on and the, you know they've got times specifically that they go. And uh, before that, it was really the wild west. Dave McGinnis joining us, former Cardinals head coach, longtime NFL assistant coach, and Tennessee Titans radio color commentator. Well, tell us, could you do it in another city? Would it be a, Would there be enough to see for the fans? That's my thought about this event. There's a lot for us to do here, a lot for the teams to do here. Is watching the drills enough to bring it to Vegas or wherever else they might want to move it? You know, the thing that I will say about that is, is because I've I've been here so long, and 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 really, what you what the what you need when you do this, first of all, you need the medical capability yeah. to be able to put all of these guys through these extensive tests. There there are various locations across the country that clearly have that. Okay, that that's number one. The number two thing you need is motel space. You know, right. you need you need motel space, and then you you need availability. Uh, you need an indoor facility. You need an indoor spot. So you know you're starting to eliminate some things, unless you know you take it out to the West Coast, where you wouldn't be guaranteed. I mean, if you took it out to the West Coast this week, you'd oh, be have a snowstorm. It was storm. brutal. Yeah. So right. anyway, 
there are certain criteria that have to be met, but I, I'm going to answer you like this, and I think we'll all three agree with this. When they took the draft out of Radio City Music Hall, right? you went, how's it going to be anywhere else? How yeah. are they going to take it? In? Now it's, it's, it's a thing. It's a thing. You know, right. Nashville had one several years back that was just an, a, a tremendous success. Everybody, you know, Chicago, Philly, they're going to have in Kansas City, and everybody's trying to one-up that. So it works because the National Football League has enough stroke to make it work wherever they go, wherever they go. But they will vet places because there are certain criteria that you have to have for this event mm-hmm. uh, and, and the medical part of it being huge. Coach, the words should, can, and want are all different. What do you think the Titans should do at quarterback? What can they do at quarterback? And what would you want them to do at quarterback? Well, I've been doing this too long to speculate, but I do know this. Before you replace any position, and especially a quarterback, you've got to have a viable option. You know, you've got to have an option. Now, it's, it's, it's evident that the, the, the Titans – the first thing that they need to be able to do for their offense, let's talk their offense. They're going to get the offensive front straight. You know, that, 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 that was the biggest thing. This year, with the, really the two years that the Titans have gone through injury-wise, you know, it, it reached a, a tipping point this year as to where the last two weeks of the season for Mike Vrabel to choose 50 out of his 53 to choose from to get an active roster on Sunday, 22 of those 53 choices had either been on the Titans practice squad at the beginning of the year or somebody else's. Ooh. So 22 of the 53. You just you got to have dudes in this league, yep. right? I mean, you got to. I mean, I've coached 31 years in this league. I was a great coach when I had good players. <laughs> when I didn't have good players, I was not really good. So th- that's the first thing. But you talk about the quarterback. I mean, you still got a quarterback under contract. The issue is, is, is it all has to fit within a salary cap, right. which you're having to clear a cap now. So to me, I mean, until you have a viable option, you know, uh, Ryan Tannehill is still a very uh, – Ryan Tannehill, a quarterback, is directly affected by what is around him. You guys know it. You guys have experienced it during all of your time in this league. I've experienced it, both good and bad, the times I've been in this league. So I would think the first thing that you do, instead of talking about the quarterback, you need to talk about how you're going to be able to build things around him. Dave McGinnis joining us, Tennessee Titans radio color commentator, former NFL coach. Well, quarterbacking at large, coach, a lot of teams are looking. A lot of teams are looking for QBs, maybe in this draft, maybe free agency, what is your State of the Union address as far as where the position is going? Because you have a lot of different types of quarterbacks now, running quarterbacks more in vogue than ever. Are they effective? Can they stay healthy? A lot of questions around that as we look at the Justin Fields and Lamar Jacksons of the world. So many different options, and it's really hard to find a path for a lot of these teams. Well, you bring up a very valid point. All of those points that you make are very, very specific points that are all true the quarterback profile nowadays as you is a lot different than it was when I first started it's a lot different than it is because offenses are different and the game is different now the game has changed so first of all you talk about the smaller quarterbacks they still have a place because of how spread out things are nowadays now you still have the physical aspect of it will they be able to last physically that's always the thought it's always the thought process with that Uh, but there are always two drafts. I learned this. Bill Tobin, when I first started with the Bears, taught me the NFL personnel ways. But there's all, there are always two drafts. There's the quarterback draft, 
and then there's everybody else draft. <laughs> and there really is because, you know, teams That's that good. are desperate for a quarterback, they will move up and manufacture a reason to go get somebody just because, and to your point on the last question, yep. you got to have one. Right. If you don't have a viable quarterback in this league, you've really got a highly paid rugby team. You know, that's what you got. And so you've got to get a viable quarterback. And so the quarterback draft and the way that, that people move up in the draft to go get a quarterback is a lot of desperation, you know, sometimes. The types of quarterbacks now are different. Let's take this quarterback draft to begin with. This quarterback draft to begin with is, is to me, there's, there's four guys. You know, there's four guys, and then there's a line. All right, and and with Richardson, to me, you talk about different flavors. All right, we're we're all four sitting here, yep. different teams, and we're all going to look at Richardson as differently. We're going to look at him differently as to what you know what we want. You see all the physical aspects, the tools. You only see a very limited amount of production at the collegiate level. But then you you think, and again, my ego and my team, I say I can fix him. I can get him right. You're going to say, you know what, it's not as technical as I need it. I, one, one of these other three that I think, Will Levis is in that same position for me. I mean, you know, I, I do a Southeastern Conference show for 20 weeks during the season. Uh, and so see those dudes and, you know, see, see them all the time. I mean, this guy, this, guy's, this guy can spin it. He's got a gun. He's got, you know, he's got all of But all of a sudden, back to our conversation earlier, the offensive line wasn't the same around him this year, so then he starts trying to do everything, and he starts throwing picks, and he starts throwing off, you know. So it's different. The quarterback draft is different, but the iterations of quarterbacks now, what you brought up, and I think you're very correct in the fact that the profile of a NFL quarterback has changed. And Patrick Mahomes has had a lot to do with that, yep. a lot to do with that. When I was coaching in the league, the guy that was the outlier was Randall Cunningham at the Eagles. You know, and then all of a sudden, then you get Steve Young at the 49ers, you know, but it didn't just start there. I mean, you go all the way back to Fran Tarkin. Yep. You go all the way back to Eddie LeBaron. You know, they, it's, so it's, mm. it's, it, it's, it's always been a different iteration. I think a lot of it depends on what style of football is being played in that era. Well, right now, guys that can throw off, you know, schedule, guys that can, you know, are able to, you know, make immediate reads and get it out of there and, and you know, throw under two and a half seconds and not worry about standing back there in the pocket and protecting the seven-step drop until you can clear, you know, linear routes. A lot of that's changed. Outside of quarterback coach with the Titans, I know Jeffrey Simmons is looking for a contract. Taylor Luan was let go. Zach Cunningham was released. And obviously some of those having to do with cap issues. Outside of quarterback team coming off a seven-game losing streak like you mentioned there were a, mm. we saw a team that we saw a team in December January whenever that was that we didn't see weeks prior because of the injuries and things sure. that took place it's a team kind of going through some changes Rand Carthen comes on where do you think the priorities are for this team going into 2023 take the quarterback out of this let's talk about the other draft where and what are the priorities for this team going forward? You gotta get your offensive line fixed. You gotta get your offensive line fixed. And in this day and age of the National Football League, you can never have enough corners. Yeah. You know, you can never have enough cover you people. You get one in this draft, that's for sure. You can. You, you have and, and, th draft. and throughout it and throughout. Yep. And you can do the same thing with the offensive line. More so, you know, I mean, even you know, on the edge and also interiorly, you can you can you can do that. But the the Titans now, you know, having gone through all the the different. Uh, uh, gymnastics that they went through with their roster this year the offensive line was the you know was the issue 
Defensively, when you start looking at them, uh, and you say every one of those moves that was made was salary cap related. Sure. Every one of them. Every one of them. You know, they released four already. They're probably not done yet, you know, because still, I mean, they cleared enough cap space. Uh, and I know you guys, you guys understand the cap. I was a head coach. I cleared a cap before. Yep. I know, you know, but when you start talking about the, the cap, a lot of times your listeners, their eyes glaze over, <laughs> you know, because it, it, it's, it's so intricate as to, as to what goes on. But the, the Titans have cleared like maybe now they're $8 million above the line. That's still not enough to operate. Exactly. Still not enough to operate. So there's a lot of things that you still have Oof. to be able to do. But the offensive line, you ask me, I think offensive line and cornerback is 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 somewhere that they will they will be looking to try to shore up in this draft. Dave McGinnis joining us, Tennessee Titans radio color commentator, former NFL coach, Jacksonville. Is it a spike or are they oh. here to stay? Are they getting better? Where are they at? You saw them up close and personal, as did we. You know what? Here's my, here's my opinion. And, again, this is, this is just the God's honest truth about what goes on in the National Football League. If you're not good for a pretty good stretch, you're not only picking in the top five in the first round, you're picking in the top five at every round that goes on. Yep. Mm. So sooner or later, if all of us are sitting here picking players yep. and all of a sudden you've got upper echelon in every round, your chances of making a mistake diminish mm. greatly. Because it's just, I mean, guys that are better than other guys from the first round on down, really, I mean, they've got a light flashing on top of their head. You could say, well, he's better than these three. He's better. It, what's harder is when you're in the middle or towards the end, now you really have to start dis- discerning traits that are very, very similar. So they were bad for a long time, yep. let's be honest. And then they drafted a franchise quarterback. They drafted a franchise quarterback. I said it when he was drafted, you know, with all of our draft shows, I think everybody in the league, you know, agreed with it. He didn't have NFL coaching his first year. Let's just be honest. Oh, yeah. I mean, he didn't have it. But this, this, they've got a franchise quarterback on a rookie contract and a lot of really high picks that they've made and have done a nice job with throughout because now the only way to get really high picks in every round is what? You've got to win three and four games a year. <laughs> I don't know. You know, you can't survive that, you know, yeah. a lot. You know, I've gone into a team when uh, I left the Titans and went with Jeff Fisher to the Rams. They had been 15 and 65 in the previous five years. You know, the worst stretch in, in the history. So you had players you could pick from at the top. Yeah. And so you start to be able to build it up. I think Jacksonville's a good football team. I thought that they had good players. They just weren't a good team yet. And I, and I think really seriously, the one year, you know, that they had was a, was a, the one year that they had was a one-off, mm-hmm. you know, as a one-off. Now they got to redo with some viable coaching. They're a good football team. They're going to have to be reckoned with. We're all going to have to reckon with them, guys. Ouch. Yeah. What would you think about Trevor Lawrence? You said everybody in the league thought the same way. Somebody didn't. Somebody was. No, the I jury just, is out. I just, when I everybody know, believes a certain thing, I said, well, let's wait and see, okay? You got to wait and see it pan out. Well, it started to pan out in 2022, and that mm. got very, very scary. But it took about halfway through the year, Coach. It wasn't until the game he played against you guys, against the Titans, where Trevor Lawrence all of a sudden became Trevor Lawrence, the game up in uh, Nashville. Well, the, the thing, and look, there's no certainty in this league. But when you start looking at all the traits, I mean, right now, all of the teams that need quarterbacks in this draft, you think they'd love to have a chance at a Trevor Lawrence? 
Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> it so, used to, we certainly would. And so, well, I mean, any, any you, you, you would now. And, of course, you know, clearly, you know, hindsight is, is 20 But when you just you, you started looking at him and you start thinking, you know, if this guy gets into the proper place, and you guys know this, the thing that happens to quarterbacks in this league, really the ones that are taken the highest are taken to bad teams. And sometimes it can either crush a career, stall a career, or completely ruin a career. The only thing that's a plus about it is that when they're when you're you're taken with a bad team early, you're going to play. And there's nothing there's you know there's nothing you can't manufacture the experience, right. but you can you can you can ruin somebody if the experience is constantly not being able to get into a flow because you're you're working for your life, you know, every week. So, Coach, I want to ask you about a quarterback that does fall in that category, and it's relevant because he was just released by the Atlanta Falcons, and that's Marcus Mariota. How do you look at Marcus's career, why it maybe didn't work in Tennessee, maybe why it didn't all come together for the Falcons or whomever? How do you look at Marcus Mariota, drafted number two overall? Why and how do you look back at Marcus Mariota? Why wasn't it a hit with the Titans for the long run, and why do you think he didn't ultimately become completely successful like some of the great quarterbacks taken that high in the draft? Never, has never quite clicked as far as the consistency part of it. We all saw that. You all see the athleticism. I remember, you know, I was coaching. We vetted he and, uh, you know, James Winston at yeah, the same right. time. James. They came out together. So, you know, we, they were vetted together. You know, both had physical ability, uh, you know, and, and – I was on the team, you know, when we had Marcus. I mean, you couldn't want a better person on there. It's just it was it was the 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 continuity as far as himself week to week to week that the it was a consistency issue, yep. mm-hmm. a, a consistency issue. And really, when you start talking about quarterbacks that are able to elevate those others around him, it's the consistency part of it. You know, Marcus had had some really good years with the Titans and he had some really good games, but then he would have some not really good games. And then once you start getting injured, once you start getting hurt, uh, it just, you know, it, it derails everything. I thought that when he left the Titans, going to going to the Falcons with Arthur Smith might have given him another. You know, I don't know what happened down there. Yeah. I don't know. that. I thought that would have regenerated him a little bit now. I don't know what happened down there, but to me, just looking at it in a 30,000-foot view, it's a consistency part of it, and that's the part of it. A couple of things that are being discussed, among others maybe, with rules possibilities, rules adjustment changes possibilities. The 4th and 15 thing instead of the onside kick. XFL doing it. You get the ball at the 25-yard line. If you convert 15 yards, you keep the ball. Are you in favor of that? And I'll put one other one in there. The push from behind when the oh. quarterback sneak is occurring rule. That's kind of a clunky way to word it, but you know what I'm talking about. Well, I know exactly what you're talking <laughs> about. I watched every game the first weekend of the XFL. Mm-hmm. I know most of those guys coaching, and I'm just you know, I'm very I'm always very interested in ultimate yep. leagues. You know, I I was went to the Alliance down there in Birmingham quite mm-hmm. a bit. Uh, you know, at, at, at USFL, yep. I, I was at their draft with uh, Daryl Johnston for the whole draft. It was very, you know, because that interests me. It really does. And, right. And l- let me say this. I'm a proponent of alternate leagues because I just want, I like more jobs for everybody. Yep. Everybody. Yep. Okay, mm-hmm. concerned. Now, the fourth and 15 thing is interesting. They've changed, because they've changed that you can't overload a side defensively when you're kicking the ball off on sides. Right. You can't overload it. 
the, the percentage that you get on those is 5%. I mean, it's just nearly a let's yeah. just do it because we have to do it, but there's no chance for it. The fourth and 15 thing, you know, what, you know, you, are you saying we have a chance? Yeah. <laughs> the fourth and 15 thing, you've got a chance. Yeah. Now, you're taking a chance because it's from the minus 25, and if you don't get it, that's where they get it. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, I mean, there's a lot to it, but I don't think it's something that you just flick away. It, it won't be an immediate change. You know how, how things with, you know, I was with Jeff Fisher for, what, 15, 18 years. He, he's on the competition committee. You know, he's the vice chair of it. So, I would have all of it. It takes them a, a while to get through with that, okay? The push from behind, I think, may not take quite as long. Okay. I think people have looked at it, and they say, wait a minute. Something's wrong. Well, no, well they never it, used to let it happen. It used, to be, a, it, it used to be a penalty yes. if you pushed a runner from behind. But it's yes. not in the rule book. It's not in the rule book right. specifically, yeah. and he's 100% right. right. And so coaches – which I've been a lifelong coach in this league, mm-hmm. if there's a little crack, we're going to take it. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's, what hap- that's what's happened. Yeah. I think you might be able to see that sooner than later legislated out. Yeah. Okay. Coach, thanks a lot for joining us. We appreciate it. Guys, you guys are the best. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. See you. That is the best sign-off I think we've ever had. Appreciate it. See you. And, I mean, he meant it nicely, but it was just awesome. Love, Coach, uh, and love getting a chance to catch up with him. Now, one of the new friends that we all made at the Combine was Aditi Kinkawala. She will join DP City next, right here on Texas All Access. We want to follow the segment's Monday edition of Texas All Access. I'm your host, John Harris. It's time to catch up with Aditi Kinkawala, who covers the te- – not the covers the Texans. She covers the NFL for CBS. She was also a silent reporter for a couple of games, and – uh, I finally got a chance to meet her uh, on the trip to the Combine. Well, DP has known her for a little while, and they had an awesome interview. In fact, it was so awesome, it started even before the interview began. Here's DP and Aditi. I know. I'm sorry. I have the mic, so I have one I know. hand. And this well, is the wrong hand that, that I gestured. I sorry. <laughs> I have one hand. You've got two hands. You can just use lots of gestures. It's very odd when you don't have a microphone in I your know. hands. I, can I just like stand like that? Why don't you have two mics instead of you? You like, should have a mic, and I should have a mic, and then we should have both have a mic. All right. And it would make a little bit of a better clip. I'm sorry. Next time I'll bring two mics for Didi, so she doesn't. She knows what to do with her hands. Yeah. All right. So okay. Here, here we go. We're gonna go. We're gonna go. You're All gonna right. use your hands. Um, okay. I'm Did we go? I yeah. Talk with <laughs> my hands. All right. Go Eventually, ahead. we're gonna start this interview. <laughs> Wait a minute. This is not making the clips. Like, I'm sure he's going to put this in somewhere. I'm terrified. <laughs> All right, go ahead. All right, D'Amico Ryans, head coach of the Houston Texans. You covered him as a player. What do you think about this new head coaching hire for the Texans? Oh, she just, like, threw that right in there. You covered him as a player. You're aging me before we yeah. even start the interview? No, you, you're, like, OG. You're the OG of covering players. Well, coaches. I mean... And they, I mean, this is where they grow up to be, I guess. My goodness. Okay, so D'Amico Ryans, love his energy, love how open he is, and love that he was built for this. I mean, we, I was just talking about this with someone. When he was in the Eagles locker room, you could just tell. And the brand of leadership that he had, even as a player, just so sincere, so authentic, never trying to be a leader he just inherently was and I love how passionately he feels about the city of Houston and I'll say I remember when the Denver job we knew that Denver was interested in him and that Houston was and I remember having a conversation with my broadcast partners because we'd done a ton of Texans games 
why would you pick Houston considering the last few years as compared to Denver? And Jay Feely made the point he loves Houston. And you could see the energy in the city as soon as he was hired. So I'm excited. I'm really pumped. Now I'm pumped too. You've got me pumped all over again. All right. Number well, it's better than the apathy, unfortunately, that we saw or that we've seen the last few years. We so definitely yes. don't have that anymore with D'Amico back in the building. How about number two overall pick? You're Nick Casario. What are you doing with that pick? I'm taking a quarterback. Do you have a quarterback in mind that you would like to pick? No, but I, ha I really like Bryce Young. Okay. I'm concerned about his height because they tell us to be concerned about his height. Now, it wasn't an issue for Drew Brees, but that's because of how smart Drew Brees was. And I'm a short person, so I don't <laughs> like when height becomes an issue. But that's why Nick Casario gets the big bucks, and I don't. All right, I like it. I like it that you, you fight for, for the smaller people in the world. I mean, someone has to. Someone has to. Right. Okay, you've covered a few of the Texans games last year. You saw some of the rookies in person, Damian Pierce, Jalen Petrie, Derek Singh. P.S. asked Damian Pierce who taught him how to shake a hand properly. How was he shaking his hand before? Like very limp. You know when you do like this kind this of This was Damian Pierce's handshake? Yes. And I was like, no, 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 no. It's got to be like this. And when we finished the production meeting, Damian goes, All right. what do you think now? And I was like, all right, at least my work here is done. Who cares what happens in the game? I love that you covered with one of the Texans' few wins last year in Jacksonville. What have you First thought about the rookie, the rookie class, Damian Pierce and some of the other I guys? I think there's so much potential there. And I think the point, and this is a credit to Lovey Smith and the previous staff, despite the apathy in the city, despite the fact that there just wasn't really a full roster of NFL-level players, those guys fought. They fought all the way basically through week 17. And I remember, I was telling you this story, Kansas City asked me, the Kansas City Chiefs asked me to participate in their internal team podcast. And before the Texans were playing the Chiefs, I said, there is a young core here that's been raised up by the staff, by guys like Jerry Hughes. They are fighting. They are putting things on tape, whether it's for the Texans or somebody else. They have enough pride. The Chiefs can't take this game lightly. And guess what? The Texans made me look smart, right? <laughs> That's, that's what we're here for. That's what yeah, we're here for. I mean, that's the whole point. But the, I just think there's a really, really good, young, solid core. I love that Nick has 11 draft picks. I mean, he's really only had a draft and a half. I love the new energy of the new staff. And I just think that it's exciting when you can get this much talent on rookie contracts. Okay, so next step for the Texans. New head coach, got a lot of draft picks, number two, number 12 overall. What do the Texans and need to do? Pierce knows how to shake And Damian Pierce with the new handshake. What do they need to do to get to that next step? Get a quarterback. Oh, yes, that. Get a quarterback, but she's right. Uh, and that was a great interview. I, I love those two. Uh, they are so fun together, and they were really, really good and fun to talk to, Aditi. Kind of get her skinny on the Steelers and Browns, who she covered for a long time. A big thanks to them, to Mark, to Coach McGinnis, to all of you for listening. We'll see you next time, and as always, go Texans.